1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. we begin, would you please stand with me, and I'm going to ask Wayne Woods to pray and bless this time that we open up the word of the Lord. Amen. First Peter chapter four, verse number seven. First Peter chapter four, verse number seven. The last couple of weeks I have mentioned about the urgency that I sense of the soon return of Jesus Christ for the church. I've mentioned that, and and I, I'm I'm real hesitant to use the word that uh, that I sense it, okay? Uh, because I, I want you to know what I sense has of no is of no value at all, but what I feel and what I sense is based on the word of God. So, and it may as we look at these few scriptures right here for just a second, you may go, oh wow. I sense it too, because the scripture tells us that the scriptures, and I, and I didn't look these scriptures up, there's three different places that tell us that no one knows the time, the, or they, don't, they do not know the hour or the day that the Lord comes. It even tells us in Mark, it says not even the Son knows the hour or the, the day that the Lord Jesus will return, and we're talking about the the human Jesus as he walked this earth, he didn't know when he was coming back. Hey, he is ascended at the right hand of the Father now. He knows. He knows. He has the, he has the mind with Christ. He knows that day is coming. But when we read the Scripture, and we read things like this right here in First Peter, First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. This is what Peter wrote some 2,000 years ago. He says, the end of all things is at hand. Now, when you say it's at hand, that means it's right around the corner. It's pretty close. Here's another scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and verses 1 through 3. 
it tells us the day is coming when people will stop teaching the truth, they will forbid to marry, and they will teach to abstain from meats and other foods that God has said is good for your bodies. It says, hey, in the latter times, in the days that are coming, these are things that you're going to start hearing. I have to tell you, we have, you hear preachers every day now that stand in the pulpit and they stand and say, Thus saith the Lord in the name of the Lord, and they're teaching false doctrine. They're teaching things that are not the truth in the Word of God. Okay? Now, and, and I don't, I can't, I, I, I don't have no authority to stand up and say that. The Scripture says the day is coming when you'll have false teachers. He tells us as believers that we should be able to recognize those. How can you recognize those? If you know the Word of God, you can pick them out real quick. Okay? And that's what we, as God's people, have been assigned to do is to know the Scripture. Another Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse number 15, he says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Are we there? People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. My goodness gracious, that just described the news that I watched, watched last week. I mean, when you have people calling in false police reports just so the policemen can show up so they can shoot them, I want you to know that's treacherous. I mean, it's... Our society has such an evil foundation to it nowadays. It just described what the Scripture right here says. There will be terrible times in the last days. Speaking of right before Christ comes again. Here's one more. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 3. It says, Knowing this, this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying... Now, how many times have you heard this? This is what the scoffers are saying. Where is the promise of His coming? Hey, we've been reading in the Scriptures for 2,000 years that Jesus Christ is coming again. They're saying, oh, y'all been saying that for all the time I can remember. Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation... In other words, they're scoffers and they're saying, hey, you've been saying this, it hadn't happened yet, it's not going to happen. I'm here to tell you it's going to happen. I'm here to tell you. I, in, this is just Wayne Bickley. I sense an urgency to get the word out that Jesus Christ is coming. I remember seeing these cartoons and it shows a guy, you know, he's got these, these two pieces of plywood on the back and the end is near, and he's walking up and down the streets of New York City. The end is near. The Lord is coming. Well, I'm telling you, that time is very, very close. Now, this is why I have titled the message, 
So what's next? I have mentioned for the last two weeks that the, the soon coming of Jesus for the church is near. So this is what I want to do this morning. I want us to look at some of the things that I've been saying is coming. That Jesus Christ is coming to take the church home. Well, so what's next after that? And this is what I want to try to explain this morning. What is the next event for the believer? When Jesus comes back, what is the next event? If you're a believer, Jesus comes and He meets us in the sky. We all go together to meet Him in the air. What's next for us? So I want to answer that question this morning. But I don't want to stop there. I want to also answer the question, well, what's next for the non-believer? Those who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I have to be real, real careful this morning. I don't want to just make a big bunch of scriptures and, and have a timeline that goes out over centuries and uh, generations and make this confusing. I believe we need to know in our own hearts what we are looking forward to and what's coming in our direction. But also, if you're listening today, or if you're sitting in this pew and you're not a believer, maybe you've not put your faith and trust, you know it in your head, but you've never committed to serving the Lord with all your heart. Maybe, maybe if you're not, you're not a believer, it might influence you this morning to know what the Scripture says the plans for you are. So that's the direction I want to go this morning. I want to bring us a timeline for us who are believers, what the Scripture says is about to happen for us, and then also for the unbeliever, what's going to happen for them. All right, so I've mentioned the event that, that the Lord is coming back uh, to take us away. That word that we use in Christian language, somebody tell me what that word is that we use. The rapture. Okay, when, when you speak of the rapture, it seems like everybody that is a non-believer, they recognize, now they may not have read the Bible before, but they recognize that that word rapture is not in the Scriptures. Did you know that it's not in the Scriptures? It's not in the Scriptures. So, I'm choosing this morning to use the words out of the Scriptures to describe what we Christians call the rapture, here, I'm just going to pick right straight out of the Scriptures what that word is being used that we call the rapture. And this is where we find it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. Listen to what it says right there. It describes this. Now we beseech you, brethren, now here it is, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him. This is what he says. I want to talk to you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto Him. Alright? So, do you know what the, the word rapture means? The word rapture means our gathering together unto the Lord. And here's another scripture. If we look in 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17, it uses these words, okay? 
Uh, let me find it here on my notes here. It says, uh, we're here. We'll just look at it. Second Thessalonians. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First Thessalonians. You're right. Chapter 4. Look what it says there in verse 17. Let me get there. I don't have it in my notes. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17. Now, here's the word. Here's the word. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Okay? So let's sit here and think a minute. Somebody tells me, said, well, Brother Wayne, I don't know why you believe that thing about the rapture. It's not in the Bible. Okay, then let's stop using that word. The day is coming when you and I are going to be caught up together in the sky, and we're going to be with the Lord. That's what the word is, caught up. Or, uh, let's quit using the word rapture. The Bible teaches us that there is going to be a time that there is a gathering together of believers to Jesus Christ. That gathering together is called the rapture. And we'll, so we'll just quit using that word. But the principle is still the same. Believers, the day is coming when we will be with the Lord. And we're going to read the scriptures right here. But He is going to come and He's going to come and meet us in the air. And we're going to be caught up into heaven. And we will ever be with the Lord after that point, okay? So that's what I want us to start. That's where, our, that's where we're going to begin today in this Scripture. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Let's begin right there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13. He says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Now, what does the word asleep mean right here? Those who have already passed away. I would not have you to be ignorant concerning those who have died, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. Now, notice this right here. This is the ones who will be qualified to meet the Lord in the air. I keep using the word believer and non-believer, this is, this is why I use those words. It says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which are asleep or have died in Jesus will God bring with Him. You know, that's a scripture right there I think so many people miss. The day that Jesus Christ comes in the air, it says those who are asleep or those who have died... In Christ, in other words, those believers, well, it's another scripture we'll be looking at this morning. It's going to be 2 Corinthians 5, 8, and it says uh, uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. What is present with the Lord? Our spirit, our eternal spirit, our eternal soul is present with the Lord. And notice what it says in the scripture right here. Also, which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. I, I, I'm telling you, lots of Christians don't realize that. When Jesus comes, and He comes in the air, and we're going to read here in just a minute, and the trumpet sound and the voice of God comes out, I believe He's going to say, come up here. Those spirits and souls are gathered together in heaven or in the clouds with Him, 
And the Bible tells us those who are asleep in Christ, their graves are going to open up and they're going to rise first and their, their new glorified body is going to ascend up. It's going to join their spirit and souls which are eternal. They're going to have a brand new glorified body. Then those who are still remaining here, they will be changed. We'll read that scripture in just a minute. So for the believer... Keep this in mind. The next event on the biblical calendar to come is the return of Jesus Christ in the air for His church. Nothing else has to happen before that. That is the next event on the biblical calendar. When that event takes place, it is going to be just like it says right here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. First, those who believe that Jesus died and rose again those that are in the graves or their, their bodies are in the graves, they will rise first and they will meet their spirit and the soul that he, God brings with him. Verse number 15. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep or which have died prior to us, for the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. In other words, those who have died. Listen, their spirit and their souls have never died. They are alive for eternity. The only thing that's going to change in that day is when their glorified bodies... Their decayed bodies that are in the ground will be changed in the moment and they are going to rise and they're going to meet their souls in the body in the air and, and forever be with the Lord. That's what this is saying right here. They will rise first. Verse 17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be, here's that word again, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we shall ever be with the Lord. He continues and he says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So let me stop right here and just encourage you. We have hope. We have hope. No matter what we're facing in this world, understand the day is coming that Jesus is going to meet us in the air. Notice that it does not say that he comes down to this earth. He meets us in the air. That is a day that is coming for the believer. Now, I am setting up the stage here. I'm setting up the timeline. I'm talking to us as believers the next event. So what's next? Let me tell you what's next. The next thing that's coming on the believer's timeline is Jesus Christ is coming after us. Now, watch this. He, this is not the only place that he explains this. This is what he explains in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is what Paul tells that church. He says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. He is speaking about the very same day that this has taken place. He said, You're going to be standing here one minute. You, I don't know if we're going to be able to see it. We're going to look around. Those people that have been deceased are going to rise. And then he says... But we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise incorruptible, 
and we shall be changed. Again, in the Scriptures, we see the event that is next on the timeline for us who is going to take place. Now, and, and not everybody agrees with me. When I look in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 1, this is what I believe it's going to be like. If you'll remember, John is, uh, the, the Lord is speaking with John in chapter 4 of the book of Revelation, and this is what he says to John. He's looking down at John on earth, and he says, John, come up here. I have to tell you, I really think that's what it's going to kind of be like. I, I, I don't know what come up here means in Hebrew or African or Zambian, or, but I believe when he speaks, everybody that's a born-again child of God is going to understand it exactly in their own language, and I believe it's going to be something similar to come up here, and we're going to rise. In Revelation 4, it says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened up in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as if it were a trumpet, just like it describes in, in 1 Thessalonians, like a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you the things which must take place hereafter. I believe it's going to be just like that. I believe the day is going to come for us as believers that we are going to have that experience, and God's going to call us home. So, for the believer, the next two events that will be taking place during the seven-year period of tribulation on earth, we know is the tribulation. This is what I want to mention here in a few minutes, but, but there's going to be two events that take place for the believer. Okay? Now, and I'm going to do a rewind here in just a second, okay? The next event for the believer is the rapture of the church. Okay, we're going to go to heaven. Now, I have, to, I have to do a little rewind after this event. So, Brother Wayne, what's going to be taking place in heaven while we're in heaven? Well, I, I want to explain that to you. Just a second. Look in Revelation chapter 19 in verse 5. This is something maybe some of you haven't ever read before or ever noticed before. This is going to be taking place in heaven when we are raptured and we have gone from this, from this earth this is one of the events that's going to be taking place in heaven. And I say this, this is going to be taking place in heaven while on this earth there is a seven-year period of time. What do we call that seven-year period of time? The tribulation. So on the earth, tribulation and the wrath of God is being poured out upon this earth. But for the believer, there's something else taking place in heaven. Look what it says in verse number uh, five of Revelations chapter 19. First of all, there's a worship service taking place. It says, And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both great and small. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude. Uh, there's worship going on. And as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. Here we go. Listen to this. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife hath been made herself ready. Who is this wife? Who is this bride of the Lord Jesus? The church. 
Well, why, why, do we, why is this wedding place taking place now? Because God has called His bride, God has called the church out of the earth. Now there's fixing to be a great celebration take place in the, earth, in the heavens. Verse number 8, And to her was granted, the church, that was, she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Is the righteousness of the saints because of how good we were? No, it's because Jesus, the groom, has died for the sins of all mankind. And we've believed it. We've accepted it. The next verse says, And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. So, so what's next? The church is going to be taken out. We're going to be gathered unto the Lord in the sky. We're going to go on into a place called heaven. Then there is going to be a marriage supper and there's going to be a wedding. And the wedding is the Lord Jesus to the body of the church. And that is what it describes as taking place in this event. That's the next event for the believer. Now that's kind of hard for maybe some of us to understand. That's just what Scripture tells us is going to be taking place. So now let me tell you another event for the believer. Let me go through this one and then we'll back up a little bit and talk about the unbeliever. All right? But the next event that's going to be taking place we find in 1 Corinthians chapter, thir- or chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And what we see there is we call this the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is where Christ and that judgment seat is referred to in the Greek term. It was the bema seat. Okay? That's the Greek word for the judgment seat was the bema seat. Let me tell you what the bema seat was in, in the, day, the Greek days. That was where the judges of the Olympics that were taking place, that's where they sat. They were sitting at the Bema seat and they were handing out the rewards to the winners. So what we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall de- declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But watch this. But he himself shall be saved yet as by fire. Okay. Two events. The rapture takes place. Two events are going to be taking place in heaven. Number one, there's going to be a wedding. Church is going to be married... To, our, to the Lamb of God, which is Jesus Christ. Second event that's going to take place. Every single one of us who are born again are believers. Our spotlight is going to be shined on our life. Everything that we have done for the Lord is going to be rewarded. If it was not done for the Lord, we're going to suffer loss. But now listen, I love that it added that to the end of that scripture. Anyone who makes it to that point, you're, you're going to be saved. But you may go into heaven without a single reward because you've done nothing for the Lord since you've been saved. But 
If you've done anything for the Lord, remember what, what Jesus said? If a young boy brings a cup of cold water to one of these my disciples, it will not be forgetting, forgotten. All right? Your, your works for what you've done for the Lord while you're here is going to be rewarded. So, let's stop right there. Let's, we're, we're, let's, we'll just focus on the next, the seven years following the rapture of the church. I'm telling you, the rapture of the church could happen before, before noon today. It could happen before we get out of this room. Nothing is hindering that. We've got 10 minutes before, before noon. If you don't know the Lord Jesus and He comes back and you have not accepted Him and believed, just like it says that you believed in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you will be left here. I'm, I'm just telling you what the Scripture says. So, the next seven years, there's going to be a wedding take place and there's going to be a judgment where we were giving rewards. All right. Those are those two events. Now, now let's back up. Let's just stop a minute. Let's look what's taking place right now every single day, okay? What's taking place right now every single day in our, in our lives? In Hebrews chapter 9, it, verse 27, this is what it says. It says, And it is appointed unto man once to die. Okay? It is appointed unto man... Now, all of us have heard of crying baby, so y'all just... It, it, hey, I praise God that we've got babies in our sanctuary to cry. Because I'm telling you, I can take you to some churches. There ain't no babies. There's no teenagers. There's no young people. There, there's no young parents. I'm glad that we... You look across this... It, there is a variety of people. So, focus right here for a minute. The Bible says in Hebrews 9 and 27... It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. You know, a lot of people have, they have a concern with that, that scripture right there. That it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Well, we just read about the judgment seat of Christ where our works are going to be judged. Many of us know about the great white throne judgment, which is going to happen at the end of time. Well, Brother Wayne, what do you mean... That when we die, we are judged. I think it's good for every single one of us to understand that. When we go into when we go to a passage in Luke chapter 16, I, I've got the reference up there. I'm not going to read it. I think most of us understand it. In Luke chapter 16, it tells about a rich ruler who has it wears purple and he's he he's everything's going good for him. Outside his gate sits a man named Lazarus and he begs for food and the dogs come and lick his sores. Okay? It says when Lazarus dies, he goes into the, the bosom of Abraham. Listen, he didn't go into the bosom of Abraham because he was a, a poor man. He went into the bosom of Abraham because of his relationship with God. The rich man died. And it says, and he goes to hell and he is in torment. The rich man didn't go to hell and go into torment because he was a rich man. He, got, he went there because of his lack of a relationship with God. We need to understand that. But this is what... Guess what? Every time somebody dies, there is a judgment that takes place. 
They did not all go to the same place and then God sorted out later. Guess what? When, when Lazarus died, God looked at his life and he says, Yes, he has me in a relationship and he goes over here. He goes into the bosom of Abraham. When the, when the rich man died, he says, I judge him and I realize that he, is, he does not have a relationship with me. He goes over here. That is not their final resting place, okay? This man that is in hell and the Bible says he is in torment will one day stand at the great white throne judgment and be judged again. But when we die today, when we die today, if you are of the Lord, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 and 8, that for those who are in Christ, uh, the moment that we die, oh my goodness, I, I've just quoted, uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's what happens. Judgment is made but we have not been judged yet for our, our deeds. But when you die, the judgment is made. You have a relationship with God, you go here. You die and you don't have a relationship with God, you go here. And that judgment is going to come later. So today, when we're looking at what's taking place today, we need to understand that this is how judgment is placed. And it's not, it's not finished but this is what happens to us every single day. So when we read and we say, well, it is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment, understand the day that you die, there is a destination set for you. Don't believe, listen to this, don't believe that there is some kind of purgatory that you go to and you wait to see if anybody else is going to be praying for you, and maybe they'll pray me out of purgatory and I'll get to go to heaven, or maybe I'll get to go to hell. Let me tell you, the decision, you are the one that makes the decision where your destiny will be. But judgment will be made, and it will be made, and that is where it will be spending eternity uh, right there. Okay, now, uh, I don't have time to, to address the... We've done talked about what's going place with uh, the believer... The believer today, we're waiting on the rapture of the church. We're waiting on when God gathers us together and takes us to be with Him in eternity. We're waiting for that marriage supper of the Lamb. We're waiting for that wedding to take place. That's going to happen. And for the unbeliever, we realize that today that judgment is separates those that are lost and saved. That's, that separation is taking place. But for the last area... Okay, I'm going to wait for you to get out. I don't mean that in any negative way at all. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Every one of us started there one day. <laughs> but the last area, and I'm not, I'm not going to go, we're not going to have time to go into it, okay? But the last area that we look at, we need to look at what, what the unbeliever has to face. There's going to be, I, I believe the day the rapture takes place, I believe the following Sunday, this church will be full of people. I really do. I'll promise you the preacher won't be here. Okay? But this church is going to be full of people because they're going to recognize what happened. They're going to recognize that this thing that they've been hearing about all of these years was true. And people are going to come to church. Now, it may not be long-lived, but they're going to come to church because they've just been, their eyes have been opened. Okay? 
And what we'll look at, and, and I think we will, I think we'll start tonight. We'll, we'll finish this sermon up tonight. But what we're going to see tonight is that the next process that takes place, there's a seven-year period that's laid out. We call it the tribulation. No, I'm not. we don't call it the tribulation. The Word of God calls it the tribulation. This is a period of time where God's going to give the nation of Israel another opportunity to accept Him as Messiah. He's going to give the, all of the people, the Gentiles, all of the people in the world, they're going to have another opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. God's going to give them that opportunity. But what's going to be taking place in that period of time is not going to be good. It's not going to be easy. But what we need to do is we need to look at what's going to take place with the unbeliever. What I would leave you with this morning is a verse coming out of Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 20 where Jesus says this. He says, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone that will receive me, if he will come to the door, open the door, I will come into him and he will, have, he will sup with me and I will sup with him. I want you to know the invitation is still open until Jesus comes and takes this church home. Okay? I, we need to understand that invitation is still open. I hope that we better understand how things take place today. It says, it is appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment, I want you to know God knows exactly your appointment. And guess what? You'll not be late for that one. Okay? You won't show up late for the appointment that God has for us all. So let's make sure this morning, let's make sure that we understand the end of time is near, as we know it on this earth. The end of time is near. The Bible teaches us that we're living in the latter days or the last days. This is not something that's coming from Wayne Bickley. It's coming from the Scripture. When we see these things taking place, I believe it's very simply that we can understand the season of the last days. I, I think that's pretty evident to us. Jesus says, hey, if you want to know when, when spring is coming, look to the fig tree. When you start seeing the, the leaves blossom or bloom out on the fig tree, you know that, that spring is coming. Guess what? When you see these things, understand that Jesus is near to His coming. We're seeing those things. Are you prepared for that event? So we're going to share some more of that tonight, and, uh, and we'll can, let's stand together and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you again for this opportunity. God, I'm glad that we don't have to go into this situation.